back to Two Track Mind Podcast. I'm Liam Toms, with me as always is... Edward Crawley. And this is our show where we get together to talk about music, just as we've been doing as mates for 20 years, but now we get to share it with you via the uh, medium of podcast, and we've been doing it for 33 episodes. This is episode number 33, and we worked out uh, last week that I think it's about a 50-50 split in terms of episodes we've recorded in person and episodes that we've now recorded remotely, which is a bit depressing, but we're, we're hanging in there, aren't we? We're doing okay. Yeah, we're doing all right. Did you say your name then? I did, yeah. I thought, because that's why I paused slightly, because I, I thought you hadn't said, I'm Liam Toms, and this is the... I'm, I've totally missed that. So I, <laughs> I appreciate I, your concern. No, I, I'm pretty sure I did. If I didn't, thanks for, uh, thanks for filling the gap. You've, um, had, you've had two, uh, two mentions already then. <laughs> Uh, I'm also at Liam Toms and LiamToms.com. So there we go. There's all my plugs out of the way in the first that, minute. Hold it, I'm, I'm getting a bit senile here. Is that the end of the episode? Or... <laughs> Have it's we talked old, about um... Maximum yet? <laughs> uh, yes. So, right. Where are we? I'm all lost now. I'm all confused. Do you know what, right? We, we sometimes comment about how, um, you know, we're quite slick with the introduction. But I think the last few episodes, it's, it's getting a little bit rough. We need to, we need to we're, we're, tighten we're this up a little it. bit. Clarence, Tom Clark was involved in the last episode. Just saying, yeah, okay. Um, here's a here's a little confession. So you know, um, I actually did admit to not doing his introduction as quickly as I did, sort of when I rehearsed it in my mind. Yeah. When I edited it, I sped it up. Like <laughs> some of the pauses, I kind of like shortened down so that it sounded like I was actually doing it a little bit faster. But I didn't go too fast because I thought, no, that will sound false. Um, but yeah, I, I did have to tweak that a little bit. So there you go, a little secret uh, oh, wow. for you there. Well, you know, you made a big confession on the episode that we did uh, with the tour memories about, um, I've forgotten the bloody story now. So what was it? I, you... uh, I, I, I managed to um, hijack the bath uh, that was missing a plug so that I could have a bath. And uh, we actually had, we've, had, we've had some amazing correspondence on that episode. Obviously a lot coming from uh, band members or people who saw us on that tour. But one of them was Mark, bassist of Amy Can Fly for that tour. And he, he privately messaged me saying, that's why I couldn't have a shower in Milton Keynes. And I was like, ah, yes, I, I did admit to that, didn't I? I'm, I'm sure it's water under the bridge now. Or, or hey! <laughs> Thank you. We're firing on all cylinders. Uh, episode 33, come on. Great stuff. Um, uh, we yeah. also had a message from Matt Buck, who was the promoter, whose name I f- momentarily had a, uh, a a brain lapse on. I couldn't remember uh, when we yeah, recorded Matt. the episode. Um, but he put on the show in Guildford and he uh, sent in this comment about the show. Hey, man, just listen to your tour podcast. Very good. A few things about Guildford. It was a matinee show. The reason, I believe, I seem to remember was because we already had a show booked that night and it was the only way we could get the show in. And I'm pretty sure it was an under 16 show. So that was why, and that's why it's so full up. Um, The boiler room, the stage was in the corner, you're right. There was a pillar. Both of those things aren't like that now. The pillar's gone, stage is not in the corner. It's a very good venue, um, but yeah, so that hopefully clears that up. 
There we go. Thank you, Matt. Uh, <laughs> and if you didn't know, you can actually, you can send us a message too. If you want um, to ask us a question or if you just want to make a comment about one of the recent episodes, you can do that via Anchor, who we uh, distribute our podcast through. And we'll put a link in the show notes for this episode so that you can do that. Um, please, nothing offensive. Like, don't just message him balls or anything like that. Uh, we've had enough of that over the years. I mean, there, there's a tour story. <laughs> We've had enough of balls over the years. I'm just thinking about the mailing list. When I used to do that, like there's things people used to write. Like I'd be walking around doing the mailing list confidently after the set, (laughs) thinking this is going really well. And I look actually get into the light and see what people have written, and it would be like, I don't know, Fanny Hair or. It's 69. At gmail.cock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Was it you, yeah. was it? You're going to confess that now as well? You were spoiling no, my mailing list. No, that mailing list was your thing. You were the socialite of the. I was social as well. I, I had time for everyone, but you loved walking around with that mailing list. I don't know why I loved it so much. I think it was just because I was prepared to get it done. Um, I, I used to love the. Um, me and Greg always used to watch you open your, your fresh pack of. Big biros and get the clipboard out, and you'd sit there and you think you'd get all the sheets tidy. And there's another thing we didn't talk about on the last episode, actually, especially with having um, Clark with us. Like he became my keyboard tech, so that when I fin- when we finished the set, I would just jump off the stage, go and grab the main list, and just head out into the crowd and start selling CDs and getting people to sign up for the main list. And he would actually have to pack down my keyboard, <laughs> which is like the most bougie thing that ever happened to me. I think shouts of. Uh, play the model uh, because he looks a bit like the fellow from Craftwork where uh, sheltered around many venues across nor- the north uh, you know who else could he look like um, the fellow from Sparks maybe play well, this town isn't big enough for the both of us so, uh, he certainly doesn't look like um, he certainly doesn't look like his namesake uh, Tom Clark from The Enemy oh god he's um, got two foot on him <laughs> um, just quickly uh Jump straight in here with a fact. It's a good one, though. Um, Foo Fighters in 1995, on this day in 1995, made their live debut. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And today is the 3rd of March. Mm. Uh, it was in Portland, Oregon. I wow. think I'm saying that correctly. Portland, Oregon. So it was a 25th anniversary last year, I think. So, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm reading it. Uh, off a website. Um, you said 95, right? Yeah, 1995. Yeah, so 25, yeah, it's 26 yeah. years. Bloody hell. Uh, Man, isn't it? Just think it was, but also, just quickly, bearing in mind, you sort of expect Foo Fighters to have been around that long. In 2002, Will Young, winner of Pop Idol, scored his first UK number one with Evergreen on this day, 2002. Wow. That's amazing. I can, I can remember that clear as day. He sold over one million in the first week. It became the biggest selling single of 2002. It was a big deal. It was a big deal back then. Pop it, it, it was back then. Uh, and I'll give him his credit because there's a few songs of his I, I genuinely do like. Um, he was one of the... It wasn't too long after that that the, the winners started to become, I don't know, just proper shit. You know, I know. I know some have gone on to have. Famously, the the person who comes second normally does better. Or so I, I think. I think Ollie Murs came second, and he's done all right for himself, hasn't he? Uh, mm, that certainly was a trend of that. Yeah, I think. I think the guy that won the Ollie Murs years was um, 
Joe McAldry? Joe McAldry? Yeah, yeah. Like that. I yeah. think he's now in musical stuff, isn't he? Yeah. This is yeah. taking a very odd turn for the alternative <laughs> music podcast. Right, let's get it back on track. The problem is we've not got a set topic for this episode because there's been so much good new music that's come out in the last uh, few weeks that we just wanted to spend a bit of time catching up on talking about some of those. Uh, I mean, I was thinking about this. It's got to have been the best February in a long time. And is it just because there were a lot of albums that were saved and held back from 2020 that suddenly it was like every week there was a really big album being dropped and they've yeah. all been good. Um, it, it's bizarre. I yeah, just think like I, if, if, if these records had been released last year, because there was still some good stuff that came out last year, like t- if 2020 had been the year that it was due to be, it would have been massive. Yeah, I, like one of the albums we are going to talk briefly about is just, well, it, there was a segment I brought to the table a few uh, episodes ago, quite a few episodes ago now, and I think it, this is an album I'm happy to put forward for that segment. I'm sure you know what it is. I don't know if that's the first album you want to talk about. What was the segment? Perfect album. Perfect album. It's funny I'm, because when I'm, I was listening to this album, I was thinking this could be a perfect album. It, well, it, I'm telling you now, and I'm going to drop the F-bomb, so if you're, if you're easily offended, turn off now. It is fucking phenomenal. Um, I got really panicky then. <laughs> He's holding the CD up. I could hold my vinyl up. We are talking about Maximo Park, Nature Always Wins. Um, Liam and I have both sort of sang the praises of Maximo uh, for, for many episodes, debut albums, uh, gig memories. We've discussed the singles building up to this. but So we, we were both extremely excited. I don't know... You you listened to it before me, didn't you? Because I was having a bit of a day at work where I couldn't wear headphones because of a customer. I, I won't, she's not going to listen. I won't say her name just in case. I won't say where she's from because she'd easily work it out. But she's a natterer. Didn't okay. give me a fucking minute to... to <laughs> okay, um, I do quite want to listen to Maximo now. <laughs> well, yeah, imagine that. I, I want to listen to this indie beat combo group. Can you bugger off? <laughs> you know... <laughs> Um, but I, it's, it's the Partridge episode when he's like, "Oh, I quite like to go and talk to that man over there, please." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he's in the club. Um, it's at the, the funeral. I think it's Tony Ayer's funeral, and he wants to talk to the other guy who's taken over Tony Ayer's job. Sorry. Yeah, yeah this is, this yeah. is going to be a tangent-filled episode. I can, I can sense it. Well, he does that again, doesn't he? In the the mustard. When you, if, oh yeah, yeah. At the is, uh, that, that's right. is that Mister Collins? Yeah, at the uh, Norfolk Brewery. The Norfolk Bravery Awards. Yeah, yeah, with the wheelchair. Oh, yeah. fuck it now. We could do an episode on Partridge. But we certainly it's could. Not, it's not really music uh, related. But anyway. Do you mind, do you mind just, if I just interrupt a second? I'm just going to crack my beer because you very kindly, yesterday morning I had a knock at the door and I, it wasn't the delivery I was expecting. It was actually a uh, box of beers. There you go. Get the little sound of it there. And the reason that I've gone to this effort of actually uh, making that an audible sound that you guys hear is because it's a music-themed beer that Ed's bought me from uh, Brit Hop Brewing Company. Uh, it's called the Shaker Maker Pale. Now, you know about Brit Pop more than I do. Do you know what the reference of Shaker Maker is? I would have thought Cooler Shaker, wouldn't you? Oh, possibly. I don't know. I didn't know whether it was um, a, a song that it was referenced to. Oh, I don't I... You've put me on the spot there, are we? Because oh, if sorry. I... Shaker Maker... You're into that oh, ASMR. Oasis. It's an Oasis track. Okay. 
which makes more sense because the, I've just seen the label on the on the um, the can, and that yes, is it does look quite it, Oasis-esque. Well, that's Noel Gallagher's guitar that he plays. Oh, okay. Sorry, I should have shown you the can before I gave you the question. No, no, no. Yeah, I bought. Uh, that is to say, thank you. Obviously, as some might know, I had laptop issues, and you've kindly lent me your laptop, and long overdue to say thank you. So I've bought you some beers. Yes, lovely. Thank you. What's um, it like? First taste was very pleasant. Thank you. Uh, what, what is it? It's a. I'm pretty sure it's a pale ale. It is. It's um, 4.8% pale ale. Carry on with the Maximo review. I'll um, at get some drunk. point later in the show, I'll come back to the beer. <laughs> I just thought I better crack it now, otherwise time will get on. And uh, you, you know what it's like these days: you get acidy. I have to have a uh, Rennie for bed. <laughs> All right. So Nature always wins. Maximo Park. Um, and now they've sort of been teasing up with. I think they dropped three tracks um, on the lead up, and we were excited about all of them. All very different. Um, Baby Sleep, uh, Child of the Flatlands. Um, I don't know what I'm doing was the other one, wasn't it? Did yeah, that was the more um, upbeat one, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, that To be fair, that was the one that made me think... A short, punchy one, that one. Yeah, that was the one that um, got me excited for the album. The first two I, I liked, but I wasn't um, I wasn't sure what to expect because obviously they've had a few... I think maybe one or two members of the band have moved on. Yeah. And I wasn't sure whether it was going to be a complete change in direction. And there were some different sort of vibes in those first two tracks and i was just a bit like unsure whether you know just what to expect from the album whether it was going to be more sort of off the wall uh but couldn't be more wrong it is classic maximo isn't it they, they seem to have pulled in so much from over the years well I, I i would say that um i don't know what i'm doing track nine and track 10 the acid remark they're almost like the two first album maximo tracks because the uh the lyrical melody of the Acid Remark as well, they follow suit both well. It's like, yeah, we're going to chuck in near the end of this album because then tracks 11 and 12 do sort of slow down slightly. But like that, I don't know what I'm doing in the Acid Remark, like punchy and a bit sped up and they're a bit like quirkier. And um, I can see why you got excited about them. But they sort of come together. It's quite cool how they've done it. But the whole layout, of the tw- the twelve tracks is mm. unreal. Like it's, the, I know everyone has to think about it. I don't think any album, uh, um, any artist is just going, yeah, put it track three and see what happens. But it is literally, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a story. It just builds and builds and just like takes you up and like, I don't know how to explain it. It, I had to Google it. There's a word for music that. Gives you chills. Apparently, it's called uh, frisson or something. F R I S S O N. Because frisson. when, yeah, I get it. Might be <laughs> origins of French, but it's it's that feeling where you almost your hair stands on end. That goosebumps feeling. Mm-hmm. And Maximo are one of those bands that have done that for me. You know, another band that I'd say do that for me. There's a few chords in Smith's songs or Morrissey, like um, Suede-headed Morrissey, that intro music that whenever I hear it, it just makes me tingle a bit. And I go, ah, there it is. And I I almost stop what I'm doing. And like versions of you came on and I was like, and it's one of the longer tracks. I think it's like four and a half minutes. 
the chorus and everything just gave me that feeling. And that's track two. And track one um, was already like, this is awesome. Loving this, really enjoying it. Didn't want to get too carried away. Then this versions of you came along. And I was like, oh my God, like, bang, another track. Baby Sleep, I already knew, but I was like, let it play out. Love this track. And then Placeholder happened. And I was like, oh dear God. And Placeholder... Where I'm bearing in mind, I've just referenced the Smiths as being one of those bands who gives me the chills a bit. It's got that sort of punchy guitar, and then it breaks down into that arpeggio, din, 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 din. and it's so Johnny Marr. It's so the Smiths-esque in its um, tone and the, the way it's played. And you've just got Paul Smith's lyrics over the top of them. Like, oh my God, it's just, it's mad like one of the lyrics in what uh, um um in baby sleep is uh complicated and then he rhymes it with complicated and there's not many who get away with that <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like it's yeah. but you know, know that if, if there was another word that was better than that one he would have already thought of that like yeah, it was deliberate it, yeah it's it's definitely deliberate like um feel so complicated and like it's and it's just like he's done it every every word every every melody is so deliberate with him because he he, i don't know i just the album was so good i wanted to cry (laughs) start to finish and i this was the first listen i was like you were in your van when you were listening though right so you could cry i was out on a walk if i'd been crying i i I worry that people might have approached me. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> but but you, do you know what I mean? It was just, it's, it is honestly, it's, uh, mate, I know we're not one to get carried away, especially you, like less than Jake, your favorite band of all time. Oh, oh 15 <laughs> minutes in, there's the mention. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. All right. When they started dropping tracks, I was like, your bloody TV's on again. In the background. Oh, That's two episodes sake. in a row that the TV switched itself on. I, I tell you what, right? If people have um, started a drinking game to this show... Well, they, they won't be drunk. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you what, they've had two big hitters there in a row. One, Less Than Jake reference. Two, TV switched on. <laughs> All right, let, let, me, let me explain the Less Than Jake reference, because I was sort yeah, of sorry. goading you to sort of get you excited wasn't i in the build-up to that lesson jake album and you kept coming back at me saying yeah 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 it was a good track good track that yeah i'm looking looking forward to hearing the rest of the album and i'd be like no no no, no. it's got remnants of it's this it's always also. been it's always been like this though you've always been more excitable than i have like yeah, but with, my, I my think- excitement kicks in about seven eight months later where i'm like Oh, this is fucking brilliant. It's like a delayed but, excitement. But even you, this is what I'm referring to. Even when I messaged you and I, I was listening to the van and I was like, another one, another one. And I was referring to it being another fucking solid track. Oh my God. And, I, and you even messaged me back saying I was having this exact feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I was walking along and... You just think, like, after you've had a few good ones in a row, you think, well, it's not that you're expecting there to be one you don't like. You just think, this has got to dip at some point. Like, there's, there's bound to be a track that I don't like as much as the ones I've heard so far. And it didn't let up the whole album. I was just like, just cruise the end. And I was like, I knew that um, the Flatlands track was was on its way. I couldn't remember exactly where it was in the track listing. And it got to, like, the end. And I was like, oh, bloody hell, yeah, that, this is this one now. So I was like, that is the whole album. 
that I've enjoyed there. But you've not mentioned my favourite track. Which is? Any guesses? Any guesses? Hold on. I reckon your favourite track, but I have it written down. I'm going to go your favourite track being Ardor. Bang. You got it. That's the one. Because of the female vocals that um, end it. And I'm just, funny enough, as you were saying that, I was looking for her name because it is credited on her Spotify. Her name is Pauline Murray. That's right? it. And when I listened to it, I, f- I just assumed this is probably likely to be a up-and-coming artist. But actually, it's the complete opposite. She was the front man, woman, in a punk band from the 70s yeah. that uh, was from the north east of England. So I'm guessing they must have grown up listening to this band. The band's called Penetration, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember that right. Even if I haven't, fuck knows why that word's on my mind. Um, <laughs> but that's given it a new dimension because now I'm like, oh, that's quite cool. Because it's obviously there's an influence there that they've that they've um, they've deliberately gone and 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 sought out that particular vocalist to to sing on the track, and it is quite a punk track actually. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the lyrics when you when you when you go back and listen to it, what he's talking about, which is his usual sort of social commentary about things, but it's quite mm. a modern thing because he's talking about um, pinch grabbing on your screen and that sort of thing, and and there's that particular melody in the verse that I just love when he says about that bit, that's just the way that it just like the syncopation of it. It's just so good. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's absolutely my favorite track. Um, the way it finishes totally as well with mis- her just on her own. Yeah. And then it's just like, you, cause you think it might go come back in uh, and then I say yeah. it's done. Um, but there's actually, there's a, there's a key lyric in the song that I totally misunderstood. And because there's another track that we're going to talk about today that has lyrics that I, I think you could misunderstand i'll save that for when we get onto that section in a bit because it's it's, it's not the most comical one but it is still a uh, a misheard lyric so I'll, I'll come back to that but yeah that was that was my favorite track but fuck there was a lot of competition well yeah i'm and even finishing with child of the flatlands which which is a somber track it it sort of complements it so well Sort mm. of, you've got a story to a close. Yeah, I think I just think it's a very, very well written album. I think it's extremely clever. I don't think it's rushed. Um, I just think it's been it's been well thought of, and I think the three guys now that sort of make up the band plus the other musicians they've got on board, I just think it seems to have really gelled. I think you can't you. You can't accidentally do an album like this. Like we we discussed no. um, Weezer, didn't we? And obviously, Rivers uh, Kuma is a phenomenal songwriter. Like the the body of works that he's now got behind him. But I think sometimes it does worry me how quickly he churns it out. And uh, I don't know why that worries me. It shouldn't do because I don't know. It's as part of me. I, I almost go to listening to a Weezer album almost with a, a bit like with a wall in front of me, just in case, like, and I always listen going, I know this has probably only taken half an hour. I don't know why I've got that feeling. It's something I need to shake because I love Weezer, but it's definitely stopped me. I think I know what you mean. I think with, with them, um, it's that he, he's a bit unruly with his uh, songwriting and his fluctuations between styles. 
And I think you can either really enjoy a Weezer album or you can feel totally cold on it. And not necessarily because of the quality of the songwriting, but just the choices that they've made. Like, there's been a few tracks on albums in the last few years that I've just, I've not had any time for at all. And it's not that I, like, I didn't think they were any good, just didn't like the style, like the the approach that he went for. There's a couple on the end of that Black album that I was a bit like, it's just not, it's not, it's not it just like veered into a genre that I just wasn't interested in, which is why in, in a way, going back to, uh, obviously we talked about the latest Weezer album a couple of episodes ago, it's why I quite liked that he'd kept it on one sort of plane for that um, uh, OK Human album, that it was, it was pretty consistent throughout, like it, it was almost like he just like concentrated for a little bit and focused yeah, on, yeah. on sort of one idea rather than bounced around a, a bit too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, but just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But with this album, I definitely, not because they are a band who I, I feel very, um, I think ultimately, right, this is why I love loving a band. Do you know, it's, it, and I'll try and explain it, but please excuse if it comes across a bit, because this is sort of ad lib now. I've got nothing, no notes on this, but one of the reasons I, I've, I love giving the time of day to new albums, because a lot, of, a lot of people I know, like, there is a thing with liking music and then loving music. You can listen to the radio and enjoy a track and then never worry about hearing mm. the track from that artist again. Whereas there are... The, the majority, I, I'm, I think a lot of our listeners from the, the feedback we get are the same. So I'm hoping they'll understand. But, you know, I will, whether or not a band that I love has had a bad album, I will still check out the new album just because they have a bad album. And that, I'm not saying Maximo Park have had a bad album because they are a band that I would argue have been consistently good, changing the sound. I don't think they've had a bad album. Some I prefer, some I don't, but I don't think they've had a bad album. Um, but what I mean is, like, a band could have a proper crap album, that's it, you write them off. Whereas I would then go, well, what, what are they offering now? Let's hear what they're doing now. It's like The Offspring, which we're going to talk about because they've just dropped a new track. Just because I like Ignition, Americana and Conspiracy of One and Splinter, when they release Days Gone By and... Uh, oh fuck! Can't remember it. Just it's because of like the rise and fall of grace or something, wasn't it? Well done. I think it is that. Yeah, it's got a weird cover. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is. Doesn't mean I wouldn't check out the new album that's going to let the bad times roll. Because just because of, there's been two albums that I really wasn't a fan of, I'm still going to check out the new album. But some people, I know, they have this attitude where they just write them off. Now, Maximo came out when the indie boom was massive. In fact, I'll probably say Maximo were one of the biggest. They went from being like a 400-cap venue band to playing bloody 3,000-cap Brixton three nights on the trot. They were they were part of it. You know, other bands that came out of that sort of time were like the Bravery, uh, Razorlight, all these indie bands that got just huge. And Maximo, they've ridden it out. They've they've stayed with it. They've had a couple of they've had this lineup change, but they've consistently amazing making music and touring. Yeah, the venue sizes have changed, but for them to then come out with this album now is just like this is why you stick with a band. This is why you give them the time of day because 
sometimes they just then go, bang, do you know what? We've taken our time with it. Listen to this. Yeah. And I think, I think I'd suggest you go back and check out if you've had a band that you loved and they did a couple of bands, go, if they've released new music, go and check it out because it might do. I'm not, I'm not surprised Maximo did this because like I said, I've loved pretty much all of their career, but this this could easily be my second favorite album of theirs. Yeah, I, I think it it may even edge into first place for me. Yeah, only only, only because of the, and it, it's difficult because I'm still sort of like riding on the high of it of it just coming out. We'll, we'll we'll see whether some of these tracks um stand up, you know, in in a year's time. Only, only because sometimes if 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 a track is like an instant classic, sometimes you just not get bored of it, but you just kind of like that initial kind of excitement just kind of like wanes a little bit. Not for me, I get excited about eight months in, as I just said. But um, but I think track for track, it might be my favourite. Um, it's certainly up there with uh, Too Much Information, uh, which was another of my favourites. And and possibly um, possibly oh, RFD Pleasures as well, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I've, I'd, I'd, I'd have to sit down and, and do a sort of one-for-one one against a certain trigger, but potentially it's a stronger album than a certain trigger but a certain trigger it would take it would take that's got nostalgia and everything it, it, yeah, would, be, it would be a tough one for me it's, to, to take, but it's definitely has, second favorite already as we've talked about before with a certain trigger it's got that um that sort of like youthful energy of them being a new band and and all of that that comes with 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 a first release but i think this has got like some like so maturity, maturity gets thrown around as a term, doesn't it? But it's got like, there's some experience in the songwriting behind this. And uh, obviously the, the slight change of personnel is obviously just shaking it up a little bit as a band and, and they've put out a really good, fresh sounding record. I'm, I'm really pleased with it. Oh, good. Well, it's, it's nice for us to uh, agree on something. I'm also um, really pleased with this beer. <laughs> just to come back to that. Uh, I've been enjoying that. You, you, hopefully you've not heard me um, burp. A you are drinking times. it quick. <laughs> it's very, really, it's very easy to drink. Um, can I read you the the description? Yeah, yeah, crack on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right, hold on a second. Right, shake and make a pale. Nineties uh, Brit. Co- <laughs> For fuck's sake, it's only four point eight, and I can't even get my words out. Nineties uh, Brit culture. <laughs> I was on a roll then. Nineties Brit pop culture and good beer led Stu and Dan to embark on a nostalgic journey, sharing their favourite tunes and home brew recipes. Shaker Maker reflects on one hot biblical day at Nebworth Park back in '96. Cheers, our kid. It does actually say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking the piss. It actually says that. Uh, right here we go. This is my favourite bit. Oatmeal on the drums. Big hit in tropical hop flavors on lead vocals from Amarillo, Equinot, Citra, and Centennial, making this refreshing bitter with a fruity rhythm section aroma holding it together. Lovely. <laughs> I've had well, it lovely. No, it's really good. If you'd like to raise your glass a second. Cheers. And it's oh, a happy... It's a, I thought you'd take it, a photo. No, no, no. We're wishing Ronan Keating a very happy birthday. Uh, wow, life's a roller coaster. Born this day in 1997, he had hits with such singles as Words, uh, When You Say Nothing At All, and Life Is A Roller Coaster. So, happy birthday, Ronan. Yeah, I jumped in with that one there. Um, and one of my favourite songs, uh, which he did with Boyzone, 
uh, picture of you from the Mr. Bean movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the loop banger. I had a picture of you in my eyes. I was listening to Never an interview with the guy that uh, wrote that song the other day, actually. Uh, Wait, what, also... Sorry, hold on. It wasn't Ronan Keating. Sorry to disappoint. It was not Ronan. <laughs> I can't remember what the guy's yeah. name was, but he wrote a, like a, a silly amount of 90s tunes. He wrote uh, Say You'll Be There by the Spice no. Girls. Yeah. He wrote a bunch of Take That songs. Uh, very good friends with uh, Gary Barlow. Well, uh, would you believe that on this day, the Spice Girls were winning Outstanding Contribution to Music Award in 2000? Rightly so. Rightly so. I'm Guess hoping who won... that Brit Hop do a uh, Spice Girls beer. Oh. I know they're not Brit Hop, but come on. Look, they've got look, they've got this can here. It's got like the Union Jack on a guitar. Like, surely you could have Jerry in a Union Jack dress on the can, like a ginger beer. It'd be lovely. Yeah, a bit of blue for the boys. Um, but and we're acting white. as if we're, we're acting as if we've got no um, content, but we've actually got quite a lot to get through because uh, two <laughs> big, two big pioneers of the punk genre dropped new singles over the last couple of weeks. Um, the Offspring dropped Let the Bad Times Roll and Green Day came out of nowhere with Here Comes the Shock. Yeah. We cut to Liam over in the pop-punk office to discuss his thoughts on Here Comes the Shock by Green Day. Right. Cast your <laughs> mind back to episode two of Two Track Mind when Green Day dropped uh, Father of All Motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> we coined the term shock tracks didn't we and what we described it as is when a band comes out after a while of not releasing music and the first single back is intended to shock you a little bit might be a change in style might be something quirky they do with the video green day heard that episode and our expose that we did on the secret album that they were also working on and they've they've trolled us because their new single is called (laughs) here comes the shock do you think we but, have any influence? I could only assume that we did. But here's the mad thing. <laughs> Does it not sound to you, listeners and Edward, like he says, here comes the shark. Can you hear that? Well, Because <laughs> I can hear said, nothing else now. <laughs> you said this to me and I've listened to it. And annoyingly, I think you've got a point. It's sort of, here comes the shark. It does sound like shark. It's obviously his accent, but it does sound like so, bloody shark. Absolutely. So forget the connection to our episode and our cool shock tracks connection. I much prefer the possibility that that song is actually called Here Comes the Shark. Um, yeah. Which would make Club the Shark <laughs> happy, wouldn't it? Club the Shark, bloody hell, that's a band we need to talk about someday. Um, I don't have a lot to really say about the track. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. But I've not, do you know what, I've not seen a lot about it. It dropped randomly on a Sunday night and there's been like no coverage of it at all. And in, in the same week that they released the track, they went on a chat show and performed as the network. Like surely that would have been the week that they'd have gone on the, the chat show to perform... Here comes the shark. They're just not bothered, are they? I don't know what they're up to. (laughs) 
I don't, they don't they don't have to care you know, we did a whole episode it. we did a whole episode basically didn't we on talking about like what we thought the strategy was around Green Day and obviously they were they were leaving Warner Brothers they were going to uh, go it alone they were working with the same management company as Fallout Boy uh, and Weezer uh, they had this whole plan around the Hella Mega Tour and all this, that, and the other. There was supposedly this other album they'd worked on that was the real album, and that the Father of All Motherfuckers was just like a, 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 a way of completing their contract with Warner's. Yeah. Um, I, I've got no clue. I, I, I'm stumped. I have no idea what what they're up to. There was there was no uh, suggestion that this was the first track from an album. It was just released as a track and a video where a lady's doing some. Um, some punk rock aerobics uh, and that's it I, I really i don't have a lot to say about it 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 was pretty okay yeah for me um i'm gonna stay pretty subdued about it and not get too excited until i hear more um but i liked it it was it i don't think they're breaking any molds with it i don't think it was anything different it could have easily appeared on um any of the last like, three or four albums, yeah. I was, yeah. I was literally trying to think of one. I was thinking, no, actually, it could, the last four albums it could have easily sort of appeared on. Um, but yeah, not bad, not bad. Like the pace of it, um, cool video. Did I? I like the video. I watched all of it, and I found myself trying to do some of the moves. Um, was it like an Iggy Punch? Was one of the yeah Iggy Iggy Punch and uh, uh, who else? Anyway, but yeah. It was it was all right. I'm I'm interested to see where they go with it. Um, yeah, I really don't band... know what to expect. Oh, one thing I would say is that they had like um, a sample of like uh, crowd noises in like the last part of the song, didn't they? Yeah. And I wonder whether because it had a bit of a stadium rock feel at that point, and I do wonder whether that was intentional because the whole Weezer situation. Rivers talked about how they'd made this Van Weezer album, which was supposed to be a big stadium rock album. And they yeah. kind of shelved it in favor of, uh, okay, human. I wonder whether green day have done a similar thing and they've got a big hitting album. That's going to come whenever the hell mega tour does happen, which looking at the dates and obviously the roadmap that we've got right now of easing out of restrictions, it could happen this summer. Um, yeah. but we'll see. You've got a ticket for that. Haven't you? Yes, a friend did offer me one. Yeah, um, I don't expect to be there. I, I don't. I think it's going to be. It's going to be cutting it a bit fine because it's the last week of June. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. How about offspring? Well, what do you think? All right, it's an interesting one because I was. I've got a new record player because my old one broke, and. I literally took every record out and I sent you a photo, didn't I, of the pile I had. And I went through it and out of every band, every every band I like, I've got a stupid amount of Offspring vinyl, it turns out. So, and I do love the bands. Like, one of the first, the, the first arena gig I ever went to was Offspring at Wembley Arena. Um, I went to Brixton, like some of the first gigs I'd travelled to London with or got my dad to take me to London to go and see them and stuff. And so there's a lot of love there. So I'm always interested to see what they do. And uh, I, I love Dexter and Noodles as a, as, a, as a duo. And there's lots of stuff with them. The drummers, like, having like five, six different drummers in the last, well, I've you know, so many years. And 
they've just um, parted ways with Greg Kay, founding bassist, and I think it's going through some legal battles because they're saying he was basically he's saying that he was forced. It, it's oh right, bit, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's all a bit funny and it's a bit upsetting because I'm another bassist and I loved watching Greg Kay play bass because he barely moves. He's just had this swagger back and forth. You watch any live video, he does the same stance and the same moves. But anyway, so I find it quite funny, the whole offspring of late sort of scenario that's been going on. And over Christmas, I was finding it funny because they did like a, a Christmas picture and they released a Christmas cover. And I was like, all right. And no one knew this new album was dropping. Noodles had sort of implied that some new music was on its way because they had this sort of track. And he was like, well, that might come from the new album, actually. And it pricked a few ears up in a few interviews. But suddenly, out of nowhere, this Let the Bad Times Roll single dropped. And there's now pre-sale on the album. And it's due out in May, I believe. So I was like, all right, let's have a listen to this. And it's it's, it, it's, it's got a lot of elements to it. It starts off with the acoustic oh baby let the bad times roll and then it kicks into this sort of punkier guitar and then there's a few your favorite bit uh a nod to an older song fuck yeah (laughs) which is now Uh, my favorite thing to uh send you a message of me just um yeah many many voice cells are just that now so it's 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 an interesting track in the sense that it's got like four almost different parts to it. The chorus, this acoustic-y feel bit, which I guess is a nod to like some of their um, tracks of Conspiracy of One where he made use of the acoustic guitar and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting track. I had to check myself a little bit with it because I was very quick to go, nah, fuck it, no, no chance, not for me. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck no. Um, But then I, um, and to be honest, I don't feel like I've done that impression as nearly as good as I've been doing it all week. Um, No, I can send you the clip you did to me if you want to drop that in. We'll drop that in at some point. Fuck yeah. It does it twice though, doesn't it? Because it kind of goes, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Like, I don't know if it's an echo. <laughs> yeah, or if it's, yeah. or if it's two, the, the <laughs> dueling fuck yes. Um, but yeah, I had to stop and think like, when uh, Bumping in My Trunk came out in 2011, oh, whatever it was, like, I, I, I made a joke of saying like, this is the worst song I've ever heard. Like, And I think that was almost what they'd intended. Like it, they, they have this thing, don't they, where they kind of do it. And it's a bit like the shock track thing all over again. And it's kind of, they do it as a bit of a pastiche of like whatever the sort of like trendy sound is at whatever time they're releasing an album. And when you go back and listen to Pretty Fly for White Guy, I mean, if someone was an Offspring fan at that point, when they first heard that, they must have gone, Jesus, what the, (laughs) what's going on? So I had to stop and think to myself, right, okay, you're not really digging this Let the Bad Times Roll now, but forget about it. Come back to it in like, I don't know, a few months or whatever when your excitement levels are built up play it loud and possibly you might actually find you enjoy it because bumping in my trunk is now on my spotify playlist and i like it when it comes on i i i this is this is quite fond of it carl perez hilton get punktastic on the phone (laughs) is this an exclusive 
you now have, as he sips his beer, ladies and gentlemen, he's he's sat back in his office reclining chair as he's just said, bumping in my truck is now on my Spotify player. He's just sipped his his Oasis beer and he's he looks so proud of himself right now. Like you should see the smile on his face right now. But he's just admitted to that as if he's like some sort of <laughs> as if he's some sort of like a bloody um guru or something like you'll all be listening to it soon. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I get what you mean. Though, no, I'm, the... I'm quite fond of it. <laughs> well, the new one. I don't know if it. No, I'm quite fond of bumping in my trunk. I don't know if it's the nostalgia. I don't know if it, whether it it's like got better with age, like a fine wine or something. I don't know. Um, it's an unlikely candidate for being a fine wine, but I like bumping in my trunk. I think it's fun. Well, maybe we'll revisit let the bad times. I don't think it's a bad track. I think. Out of the Green Day and the Offspring track, I've listened to the Offspring one more. Um, mm. Yeah, that's just... a good point, right? Well, let's do a uh, a time capsule. Right? We'll bury this in my garden where it belongs, right? And right. we'll set a reminder to dig it up in three years' time, and I bet I'll think it's good. All right. Are we... Should we record a different episode for the digging? or Because you... it would be <laughs> odd now if you went outside and started digging. <laughs> The cats might come and join you. Well, you want to talk about no effects, don't you? So you just bang on about that for a bit and I'll go and dig the hole. No, we're going to save no effects because I think um, oh, okay. uh, we're going to save no effects, which, because uh, we did no, we did two, we did tracks from no effects last week. Uh, yeah. With... Can we talk about that though? Because we, we oh, started oh. to have a conversation about this on the phone the other day. If you yes, think this did, is too yeah. personal, tell me and uh, no one ever hear this bit. But Too personal? Yeah, well, well, you, you you tell me if you think this is something. This is a production meeting rather than. Well, I masturbated about the masturbation. <laughs> no, not the masturbation. Oh, that's not what you're talking about. Sorry, no. sorry, I've, I've got confused with the with the conversation. So, so Clark is is probably the first. Well, he's the first person that we've invited to um to contribute to the uh to the to the, like the new release part of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's up first on the episode that we just did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've prepped him and told him to like you know think about some songs you want to talk about he's come out with uh the the two recent no effects tracks right yeah, yeah I, does, I mean yeah. i hadn't enjoyed them that much so i was just quite happy just to let it pass and just okay cool right <laughs> i'm watching you on the screen and to be fair you were polite can i uh can i weigh in a bit here you said yeah. And you're like, yeah, of course you can. Oh, I yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think that much of them. You said, and and to be honest, right, it, it, it there was nothing wrong with that, right? It was just comical that it was the first person that we'd had on uh, to to give some thoughts on the songs that they liked, and they just got shot down. So no, I did, as, I, as, as I told you, I did. I, I when I spoke to Clark after and thanked him, obviously for coming on the episode, I said, I said, I'm sorry that you know Ed didn't you know have such a favourable thing to say about the the two tracks that you liked, and he said. No, that's all right. He said it's all about difference of opinions, isn't it? And I thought, yeah, he's right. Because my thing is that I was quite happy just not to say anything and to kind of let him have his moment. And actually, as it happens, he liked that you gave your view on it. And to be honest, I didn't really have much of a view. So that if I felt particularly strongly, then maybe I would have weighed in. 
but it, it just sort of made me think a little bit about um the the tracks that we bring to the table because i think you're you are honest about things and for me if there's something that i i've not enjoyed as much i tend to just let it slide and now i'm not saying that i'm right and you're wrong or 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 either variation of that but i just feel like personally if i've not enjoyed anything i won't talk about it i'd, I'd rather spend my time talking about the things that I, I did really like and in part that's because when i used to write reviews of, of, of things whether it was music or whatever it surprised me how easy it was to write about something i didn't like and how hard it was to write about something i did like and i think I've, i'm enjoying the challenge of being positive about things and i think that was what was really nice about the maximo review that we obviously we spoke about earlier in the episode is that it is more of a challenge to when you like something you kind of go yeah it's good it just clicks but to really stop and think about what it is and to try and uh, articulate that, I think is more of a challenge just than just to kind of slate something and say that it's no good. So I like that challenge of, of talking about um, the stuff that we really enjoy. But I do totally respect uh, your honesty on things and, and your want to to say when you didn't enjoy something as much. So yeah, I, I kind of took that back a little bit and I thought Clark's uh, feedback was was quite, quite good, actually. Well, the thing is, you know, one... One person's butter is another person's um, hmm. uh, margarine. I think it's just I, and this isn't even about music. Like I think just generally, there's just a lot of noise on the internet, and the loudest voices tend to be the negative opinions. And whatever fandom or whatever you're into, if you start to watch those videos that relate to that particular um, thing, that particular topic on YouTube. For whatever reason, the algorithm always tries to feed you negative reviews. And I guess it's just because that stuff just rises to the top. And the stuff where people are really passionate and talking about the things that they're into just seems to just kind of get lost in it all. So I think for me, I've sort of made this conscious effort in the last couple of years to go right to the other end of the spectrum. But there's, there, there totally is a, you know, a place for, you know, critique and debate about the merits of things. It's just, I, I feel like I've just, it's, the negativity has just sent me right to the other end of things. And, and that, that's where I'm coming from on it. I think I would always be open to a negative or a, a positive comment. And I think, I think what I've always tried to do, if I haven't liked something, I always want to give a reason to it. Now, this stems back to school, and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about, but there's no need to mention names. But there was one point <laughs> I don't where... I think so- I'll listen. <laughs> You never know. Someone you think said, I know what you're about to talk about, though, because this was actually what I had in mind. Someone once said that no effects were factually shit. That's exactly and went, it. And I said, well, then, that's your opinion. And their comeback was, no, they are factually shit. Now, back it up with some evidence, and I would have maybe considered it, but I would never consider that as a comment. If you, mm-hmm. I don't particularly like... Um, uh, you know, Lady Gaga or Ariana Grande, but I appreciate what they are doing. Now, I would never turn around and say they're shit because they're not shit. They're multi-million selling artists. Mm. You know, I can tell you why they're not my cup of tea, but that's all they are. They're just not my cup of tea. And yeah. as it happens, some of the tracks they do, I appreciate, but, that, you know, that... But not meant not to call you out at all, but... Earlier on in the episode, you said about the um, 
about like after Will Young and stuff on like pop stars and those sort of shows, you said what came out after that was a bit shit. Well, like was a bit shit, not factually shit. Was a bit <laughs> shit. No, but um, but only like again, I'm not trying to catch you out here. It was just yeah, because when you said it, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Onto the colour there. Bit hot, really? <laughs> no, I just I'm going to give you that opportunity to elaborate on that. <laughs> I've got to go back as if I'm in a fucking courtroom. Look, what I meant by that, right, is Will Young for me from the tracks that I checked out. I like that Evergreen track. Leave right now. Friday's child. Jealousy. I can name you tracks that I've enjoyed of his, and I do think he is a talented bloke. Now, your Joe McAldries, um, there was another fella, the other fella, Liberty X. You know, <laughs> these bands seem to be, these artists or bands seem to be put into a situation. They can sing. There's no doubt about that. You can't win a singing competition without being able to sing. But the fact that they are no longer releasing current music, you know, mm. what, say what you will about One Direction. They might have never written one track in their whole career, but they went five times platinum with that first album, whatever it was. They couldn't step foot anywhere in the world without being recognised. Clearly, they had some kind of talent. Now, four of them, or whatever, are now gone on to have solo careers. Yeah. And you don't do that without having some sort of talent. It's impossible. Do you, think, as a... do you think it's down to the combination? Because... Because you're right about Will Young. He can sing. He's a good performer. He's a charismatic guy. Uh, he, he was, I don't know, there was perhaps a gap in the market from at that point. But the thing that sealed it was that the songs that were given to him or that he was involved with were good choices for him. And I yeah. wonder whether a lot of the ones that didn't make it, they just didn't get them right. They didn't, like, there was probably elements to it that, could have worked but they didn't get the combination of the branding the songwriting choices you know what it was targeted at like it was those things so i wonder whether the ones that were shit from you know the the next year sort of decade or so they were perhaps just poor management choices rather than the talent of the individual because as you say like they, they they were mostly all talented to have won that competition they must have been competent to a level well, yeah. All right, so look at it. You've got Steve Brookstein. Yeah. Bless him. He's very outspoken about things, isn't he? Shane Ward, season two. Then you've got Leona Lewis, who famously did the cover of Run by Snow Patrol. Now, yeah. I know that because I can remember the cover, not only because I like Snow Patrol, but because it was a decent cover. Then you've got a fellow called Leon Jackson. Sure, he's a talented bloke, but can't remember it. Alexandra Burke, who I think had quite a few... Singles, yeah, I think she singles. was doing particularly well for a bit. Um, the fellow I couldn't remember the name, Matt Cardle, Joe yeah, McEldry, um, Little Mix, who you know they're still around now. That was season eight. Then James Arthur. Now James Arthur, I think that was the last. I definitely remember James Arthur because I remember thinking this is a guy who's got talent. He could play the guitar. I seem to remember, and he was singing decent songs. I think he had an alternative background. But I think he was into sort of rockier stuff and that came across in his voice but then you've got sam bailey ben someone you know and you you are right i guess it's a 
a lot of people, the things with X Factor, they get, people get caught up in a story because you sold a story. It's ITV and the production office saying, no, we want to hear about the fact that your gran told you to audition 18 years ago when this wasn't even a program. Uh, and and she she passed, she passed away the day before your first audition. That's what we need to hear from you because that sells. And they always sell that first single, but then after that, people go, "Eh, actually, we're not bothered by you now." And obviously, some breakthrough like Leona Lewis and whatnot when they get when the second single comes out and people go, "Oh bloody hell, they can sing." And the the you know they've been sold something, but then they invest in it. Yeah. And that, there's a big difference there. Now, what I'm saying by a pretty shit is just because out of well, take all right, take for instance me, Homhan. I once auditioned for X Factor, uh, probably twelve, thirteen years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I think I, we spoke so about I, this before. Yeah, I witnessed the process. The 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 guy who got the guy in front of me. Sure, he was a nice guy. Me and him didn't really talk. I was talking to the guy behind me in the queue. Hundreds of thousands of people at the O2 Arena, uh, at the Millennium Dome. And, uh, you know, for what it's worth, I chose the wrong song. I sang Jason Mraz, I'm Yours. It just wasn't big enough. Reggae favourite. <laughs> well, it wasn't big enough, blah, blah, blah. It was an absolute... I shouldn't have done it in the first place. But it was an experience. I met, shook down at O'Leary's hand. But anyway, the fella in front of me sang a version of Lionel Richie's once, twice, three times a lady. And uh, I mean, no disrespect to anyone with this version, but this is how it was sang. You lunch, trash, three times a lady. He got given a golden ticket. He got given a golden ticket, and there I am behind him, rubbing my hands together, Composing the text to my mum saying, I'm getting through, I'm getting through. Fuck yeah. <laughs> he got the golden ticket, got sent through in the next round. I fucking, that was the end of my day. I had to get me bus fare home. All right? <laughs> I was giving me the, the BFH, the bus fare home, and I was told to do one. <laughs> Could you pass this man here a uh, BFH form, please? <laughs> so. But this is what it's about. It's a program. It's not a talent show. It's it's a program to get yeah, tons okay, of millions yeah. of viewers. All right. You, I, yeah, 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 okay. You, you, you've justified yourself. You can move on if you want. Good. I wish I, I wish I drank in the week at the moment. You really put me on the spot there, Tomsey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I just, I just thought in terms of connecting the conversation, it, it made sense just to elaborate on what you meant there because um, I don't <laughs> think you meant when you said it what what was said to us about no effects that they were factually shit because yeah, I, uh, I, and, and i was thinking about this it, it's funny because it must have really hit home for both of us because it's been in my head for years as well and it was in my head the other day where i was thinking through some of this stuff uh particularly because it was about no effects that we were talking about um now they they if they wanted to say about their musicianship is factually shit perhaps on some of those albums it was but i would argue that actually within their genre and what they do they're bloody miraculous at what they can do. Yeah. But the thing that I'd always argue, and I'm sure most of our listeners would agree with this, is that there's two things in music. There's musicianship and there's songwriting. And you could be an awful musician. God, that's a hard word to say, isn't it? It's almost as bad as music itself. Um, but you could be a very good songwriter. Yeah. Um, 
there's a there's a difference and and i think we appreciated no effects for the songwriting at the time not necessarily their ability to to play a fucking bass solo or whatever but actually they're probably pretty good at that as well well yeah exactly that and i think i can't believe i've now forgotten his name but it was it just so happened that the other day the masked Singer, are you aware of this bloody? Program? Yeah, I know. I, I'm aware of it enough to know what the concept is. Um, fucking mental, right? Josh Stone won yeah. this year. Yeah, I saw. But we randomly were looking for something to watch. I think we were eating a curry, maybe. I think we'd had a takeaway, uh, Christy and I. And one of the, the both of the people in Neo is it Neo? Yeah, Neo is the right. So the person I'm on about is Neo. So I do apologise. It's taken me so oh, long yeah. to get there. Now he came out and the fucking panel. We could do our own episode on this mass singer. They've got Jonathan Ross there. Um, you've got Rita Ora. You've got Davina McCall. You've got um, someone else and someone else. You know, doing a talent contest of singing. Bear in mind, this isn't a talent contest. It's just who's performed the best as a, a character, I guess. But Neo came out and he took his head off and they guessed, one of them guessed who it was. I think it was Rita Ora. Rita Ora. And he basically, they said, oh, million selling artists, blah, 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 has been involved with this many songs. He had, before he released a single under his own name, he'd had about 20 number one hits. Wow. Because he was... Someone said, we don't want to sign you, but we want your song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he went, he went through a stage. He was singing his own material, but they weren't invested in him. But as a songwriter, he was, he was making serious money before he even became a, a singer, before someone said, no, actually, we want to give you a, a go in front of the camera, mm-hmm. because he was all backroom. So, you know, there's someone who is multi-million albums on his wall gold discs and none of them are songs that he's singing incredible i didn't know that but the, uh, obviously there's lots of artists that do get signed on those sort of deals isn't there i just i didn't know that was the case of him but um yeah sorry it's sort of uh, no it is uh, it's good yeah, yeah. um i can't we've gone on, off on so many tangents now i can't remember how we get back to where we were we so we're going to save no effects um well yeah just quickly so no effects um if you've heard my comments from last week, I said they weren't, they didn't wow me uh, uh, like massively. And I was, I, I was waiting for the album. I've heard the album and I will say a mild retraction because yeah. in an album, in an album they do. So sorry, Clark. This is where the plot sorry. thickens because you then messaged Clark. Oh, or did he God. message you? <laughs> Clark messaged me and said, have you heard the new NoFX album? And I said, not yet. He said, eh, it's a bit route one. And then I listened to it and I messaged back and said, actually, <laughs> I quite like it. So it totally turned around. And the two tracks that I originally said I wasn't bothered about do fit better in the album than they do right. as singles, which is hilarious considering the album is called Single, mm. Um, mm. suggesting that maybe it's 13 singles, but... It's it's an interesting album. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting about it, but we'll save that for the next episode because an album that, a, a, a band that are made up of unbelievable songwriters, incredible musicians, and the musicianship 
is flawless throughout most of the albums is a band called The Hold Steady. Um, we've talked about, about, haven't we, to be fair? Um, yeah, I think there's probably a drinking game somewhere with The Hold Steady as well, isn't there? <laughs> I if, think if they're people, probably in that top ten. If people are doing tequila about. shots for Less Than Jake, there's another one. Uh, they might have started doing Sambuca shots for The Hold Steady. Nice. Um, some of the some of the you know the OG listeners maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so new album open door policy. We've been excited about this. We bigged up that spices track um, that dropped not a week, maybe two weeks before the album. Um, and they they've done a couple of other um, tracks: heavy covenant, family farm, uh, and, and family farm. Um, but yeah, maybe let's hear your thoughts first. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's been probably the best part of 10 years since they've actually released an album. The, the one they did before this was um, a sort of combination of singles and stuff. So this was a bit of a surprise because I, I felt that maybe they would continue in that vein of just doing EPs and sort of one-off tracks because it seemed to be that they weren't looking to be a band in the conventional sense because they don't tour that much anymore. They do the weekenders in different cities. So I, I, I wasn't expecting an album from them at all uh, when this got announced. Uh, and I think it makes sense that it's an album release because it is quite a overall good sort of rounded collection of songs. Like it, it, it works well as a package. Um, and I enjoyed them for the most part. I've got ones that I like sort of the standout tracks, ones that I perhaps need to spend a bit more time with. Um, but overall, another good album um, and just contributed to this incredible month that we had in February of, of album releases. Uh the singles are obviously all very good. We talked about them before. Um, there were, as a, there was a couple of other standouts for me. Uh, Unpleasant Breakfast with its, you know, yeah. if you've not heard it, this is a bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to be spoiled, then just mute for a couple of seconds. The the strange sample in the chorus that goes, yeah. Yeah. which is a contender for my favourite sample of the year alongside, fuck yeah. Um <laughs> An, an unusual choice, but a great track. And another thing that we were talking about recently is program beats and how they're starting to get used in a tasteful way. That track has like program beats on the verses. Uh, and I thought that was done really well. So as I was listening to the album, as it was going through, that was the first track for me that was like, that really sort of like pricked up uh, my ears and I took attention. I, I, I paid attention to. Um, a couple of other ones I really like. Uh, me and Magdalena, is that what it's called? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, that's correct. His yeah. delivery in that is really good. Um, I yeah. Mean, you know, we love Craig Finn's storytelling, but there was something about it that was very classic whole study, but I, it was just welcome at that point in the album. I, I think I said to you that it was, the album overall was kind of lacking some more shouty <laughs> moments. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree there. I think there are bands that are known for having quite a few sing-alongs at their live shows and he's a very sort of animated performer and he sort of riles the crowd up you know he almost he will leave the mic and shout it to the crowd knowing that we are that the the crowd watching are shouting it back and I think it does lack uh a couple of them um because I think it is more of a, a an album of stories and whether yeah, it's or not a bit that, more casual isn't it? It's a bit more laid back. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, at times, I was struggling to kind of pick apart what differentiated these songs from his solo stuff. 
I think there were some yeah. tracks that I was like, this sounds more like Craig Finn's solo material than it does the Hold Steady. Um, but I don't know that that's a bad thing necessarily. It wasn't like I disliked the songs at all. Um, and I've, I, you know, I really like his solo stuff too. But it just, I, I, I wonder, and I think there's a lot when, when an artist does some solo material alongside the main band. I'm not sure where he sees the line as being. Do you know what I mean? Like what he would consider yeah. to be a, when he's writing, what would he consider to be Hold Steady and what would he consider to be Craig Finn? Um, yeah, it's, it, for me, right, I found it such an enjoyable listen. Um, but coming away from it, and I've listened to it maybe four times now since it, 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 since it dropped, there, for me at the moment, there's no massively standout tracks bar Spices, which I loved from the off. And I love Family Farm that was dropped and there's a track Lanyards which I really enjoyed and probably my favourite set of lyrics on the album are possibly um, uh, the prior procedure oh yeah Um, in fact I might because I've got a link up I I think I've already so it's an album without choruses I don't know if you've noticed this there's no standout there are choruses but the choruses aren't repetitive and I wonder if that's... I hadn't noticed that, but I'll listen to that for the next time. Well, yeah, listen to it. A lot of the, I think there's only one track where a chorus line is repeated, um, which is really interesting because, you know, um, they've done that before. It's not something that they've strayed away from, which is why I, I, I was suggesting that maybe it's an album of stories. But lyrically, I find it fascinating. I find his lyrics unbelievably like fascinating like from the prior procedure this is the lyrics i had up uh, before we started all that fright and magic when the fawn strays from the forest and the terror and the havoc when it wanders into traffic the tragic conclusion of instincts and old habits up against the never-ending construction jesus christ like that is like and when he says it in his in his tone and his melody and the way he sort of chops words in and fits sentences into melodies that have no place of being there. It's a very interesting and engaging album. I think it will take a few more listens for me to like fall in love with it. But I think like all Hold Steady albums, they've all got something like, I can remember like different times of when I've listened to them and I've, you know, on a run and I remember, I can remember that run and, and yeah. listening to Heaven as Whenever and, and like, or the first time we saw them live, you know, I can remember snippets. They're a band that just, they're a strong musical band. But yeah, I, I, I wonder I th- if, the, if it needed a couple more tracks like Spices just to, to, maybe, to break the mould slightly. Maybe for the first listen, for, for that initial impact. But I think there's like... There's a there's a rich quality to some of those songs that oh god yeah yeah that, that over time you'll start to pick up on different parts in it like e- even um, instrumental parts I've sort of just tuned into on on repeat listens I'm like oh that's incredible that little bit that they've done there um yeah it it, it was it was a good listen I mean this we were talking earlier on about me um not getting excited about certain things quite often it's because when a band is so accomplished like they are, and we've got such a good selection of albums in their back catalogue, you don't necessarily need another one, but you still welcome it. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. like, if they'd released this and I hadn't enjoyed it, 
and again, this is a bit like what we were talking about earlier as well. It wouldn't have mattered because there's so much hold steady that I already enjoy. Um, if I'd been offended by it, <laughs> which I don't know what they'd have to have done to offend me, I might have been a bit disappointed. But if I hadn't just like, if I just not liked it, like that would have been okay. So I don't necessarily need this, but I think that we have got it and that it sort of came out of the blue. I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a welcome surprise from them. I, yeah, I, it's a different album for them. Um, yeah, definitely. But I th- I've really enjoyed all this. I certainly, there isn't a track that I would go, I'm not, not keen on that. They, they've all got something different to them and they're all interesting. And I've just remembered which track it is with the repetitive line. It, it's um, Hanover Camera with the, the party with the python in the shower. Yes, which is the title of one of the songs from the last uh, collection of songs, wasn't it? Yeah. Snake in the shower. Heather with the henna on her hands. Once we started mixing it was with sodium bicarbonate, we got backstage and hung out with the band. And that's yeah. the only one I can remember off the top of my head where he actually repeats like a verse or a, or a chorus. So yeah. I was pleased um, about that actually because of the reference to the other song as well, because something that they did in the earlier albums was they had this sort of connective tissue between the stories, which yeah. for me... And we always threaten that we're going to do an episode about lyrics, don't we? But for me, as a lyricist or as you know, as a as a as a writer in that way, I love that. I love connective tissue between stories and 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 you know, little references and little Easter eggs for people because that's what I like. Obviously, in the songs that I enjoy, so I like to do the same sort of thing for other people as well. And we did that even within the very few songs that we had. So it was quite nice to hear a reference to not an old song, but a, a song at least from the last collection that they put out. Yeah, what I will, what I will champion about this album is the is it's another great flowing album from them. They, it sort of intertwines from the feelers yeah. into spices into lanyards. It all goes so very well. There was an album I can't remember what it was recently that I I wasn't so sure about the sequencing, but that one and Maximo Park definitely very good. Yeah, yeah. in terms of the uh, the flow of the tracks. Two incredible releases for so early on yeah. in the year. We're very fortunate um, to have those. Yeah, and Maximo, as I was telling you, I think that that could be one of the albums of the decade, let alone this year. I think that's so. I think Blimey. really, really good. Great to hear stuff from Greedy and Offspring again, because if you're if you're into your punk and to your sort of legacy bands, as we've jokingly coined the phrase i think that's great but it's nice to get new tracks from them it's always interesting um but now you you suggested you had something oh yeah so the so another album that came out so i i kind of had like an album a week that i was looking forward to last month and then there was one that just sort of snuck in there as well uh which i'd heard a track from uh on release radar and it just got my attention and that's a band called teenage wrist and until we were about to record tonight. I didn't really know a lot about them. I just knew that I really liked the uh, their sound. They're actually on Epitaph. I didn't. I didn't realize this, but they are. Oh, it's kind of like a, a sort of a post grunge '90s sort of guitar rock, not too dissimilar to um, like Dizzy Up the Girl era Goo Goo Dolls. Maybe even like some similarities to American Hi-Fi and some of that stuff that I liked. Um, but the the single that that popped up on release radar is called Yellow Belly, and that's actually a really good entry point. That's that's a fantastic single. Like if I'd not dived into the album, I'd have still kept that song on a playlist. 
But uh, on the strength of that, I decided to give the album a go. And it is really good. I mean, if, if you like some of those bands I've just sort of compared them to, then definitely check it out. Um, it's always nice when, when it's a completely new artist like that. They did have an album before this. And again, I only learned this this afternoon. Um, and I think the original vocalist left and now the guitarist has stepped up to take on the vocals. So I have no idea whether the first album's got a different vibe or a different, like... Uh, sort of feel to it because of the, the change in personnel but um yeah i, I mean I, i'm not in a rush to go back I'm, I'm still enjoying this album which is obviously the the, the follow-up uh it's called earth is a black hole i think i might have got that wrong but i'm gonna trust my uh my memory on that one um All but right. definitely a good entry point is uh is yellow belly it's a great track um well, so I, yeah that's, I will have a listen to that. that's my new recommendation for you um so that yeah, what what a big month it was. I was I was really uh really surprised that we got so many good new releases. And then and then From Weezer there, was like a week before that. So it's pretty much been six weeks of, of good albums. Well, no effects, like that's that's dropped, so I'll discuss that in the next episode. There's been yeah, there's been a lot of new music. Um and I've been recommended a band from that have just done new material, but they're from a while ago, which I'm still checking out, so I might it's mental at the moment, absolutely mental. It's good. It's, it's a nice yeah, start to the year. Um, perhaps not such a good um, start to the year was the, the Daft Punk announcement that came out of the blue um, uh, last month. Very odd. Voir. Very odd. Uh, did you watch the video that, that, they, that they made? No, I haven't yet. Um, it's worth I don't know watching. Why I it's, it's longer than you perhaps would have thought it might be. But it's oh, very Daft Punk in style. It, it, it's very sort of drawn out and, and quite cinematic. Their um, their their farewell um, <laughs> just scene that they've shot. But I just don't get it personally. I don't get why they felt the need now to declare that the project is done because they've not made an album since 2013. You know, we're getting on for 10 years now. Why not just stay dormant? Like, they they they'll have a plan. I they think you're right. A, they will I, have I, a plan. I think this is playing into something. It's too odd. Definitely. I I think there might actually be something coming. I wonder if in a month's time they'll be back together with a new album. I just wonder whether there's going to be like a um you know the lost album or or something like that and this was just the beginning of the campaign that in very daft punk style they've started with the end if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, but the thing is, you know, um, the whole are they justice and stuff like this. They're, they're, ba- they're a band that yeah. has had <laughs> been on the rumor mill since they they first sort of put on the masks, yeah. uh, so to speak. Um, maybe they're in the next season of the Mars Singer, um, but famously, <laughs> it would be famously it would it, it would be a pretty shit episode because neither of them sing. They are. Well, also, DJ. if they were wearing the, if they were wearing their masks, people go, "Well, we know that mask. That's Daft Punk." Well, yeah, but what? Well, what's my name, mate? I'm not taking it off until ah, uh, Daft, uh, <laughs> Mister Punk. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I felt bad for you. I sent you a little message and said, "Well, I, you know, we talked a lot about previous previous episodes on this uh, on this show, but." I think back to that um, Bands We'd Like to See Live episode, which I'm convinced is cursed because not only did we set ourselves up for a year with fuck all gigs, but also one of the <laughs> bands that I wanted to see, um, or one of the acts, if you if you consider them to be an act rather than a band, 
is no more. So, um, yeah. I, we, I, I, I put money on this being something. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. There was something about it. Well, you watch the video and see. There was, there was just something I about will, it. I will watch it. Yeah. Um, right, I've got a new feature. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> this is quite, this is is quite a fancy here? little box that I've got here. Have you seen this before? It's, it's like got a, a little glass box panel it's... box with uh, Take got cassettes on it. Cassettes, yes. Yeah, I like um, it. It's right nice. inside the box is all of my gig tickets ever, um, and I've been sorting through them in the last couple of weeks, and they are now in uh, date order, but not chronological. Yeah. So I can tell you all of my March gigs. Right, so I'm going to go through a few. Um, some of you you might remember. Uh, so the first one, Saturday, fifth of March, twenty eleven, real big fish at Southampton Uni. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, uh, with um, the Skints supported. Probably one of the first support uh, that they had. And Suburban Legends. Yeah, possibly. I can't remember, but yeah, possibly. That make, that would that yeah. would be about right. Uh, Monday the 6th of March, 2017. Some 41 at the Guildhall, Southampton. That Shame I, I never that. went to that one. That's good. Went to that one. Got it. Um, a little bit uh, further back in time, 9th of March 2009, Polar Bear Club at the Joiners. That was a good show. Oh, I never went to that. Do you know what? I've, I've, I don't think I've ever actually listened to a Polar Bear Club album. That's another band that I quite gladly see live, but <laughs> I've never really followed up in terms of listening to any of their music, really, other than a few singles. Um, here's a good one. Right, You remember this. There's another Real Big Fish one here. 9th of March 2004, Real Big Fish plus... Which bands at Southampton Guildhall? Goldfinger, The Matches, and uh, oh, Zebrahead. Yes, he's got the whole wheel. Well done. Tenth uh, of was, March. That, that was a show. That was yeah. Amazing. That was a big one. Uh, that was when uh, Dan Regan still dressed up as the uh, the bee. Tenth uh, of March, twenty thirteen. Bounce and Souls. Where was that? Oh, Wedgwood. That was good. Oh, I wasn't there for that one, was I? Now, here's a here's a very topical one, uh, very timely. Uh, 10th of March, 2018, Electric Ballroom in Camden. Who did we see? 2018? Yeah. The Hold Steady. The Hold Steady, that was right. That was the uh, London Weekender. Are you going to do any of the live streams they're doing uh, this weekend? Yeah, I think I will, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'll do at least one, definitely. Uh, what else have we got? 2015? 26th of March, Lagwagon at the Wedge. With Flatliners? Yep. You're right. Uh, Also 26th of March, 2010, Motion City Soundtrack, Electric Ballroom. That's one of the first gigs I went to with Samantha. I wasn't there for that. Uh, Okay, this one you were at, 28th of March, 2017. Who did we see at Southampton Guildhall? Feeder. Correct. Bloody, can you see through the tickets? No, I can't see through the tickets. Uh, And finally, for March, uh, I've got 31st of March, 2007, the Bournemouth International Centre, affectionately known as the BIC. Uh, Fallout Boy. I was going to say Fallout Boy. Okay, I should have given you it as a question. Did you go? No. So you have put them in month order not chronological that's correct so that i can go through them i'll I'll do them once a month on the podcast just to 
Well, maybe I'll I maybe I'll sort mine out because I have got a pile of mine, but mine are in chronological from two thousand two to present day. Cool. So I might not be as quick as you, but I could reorder them, I suppose. But that would be an absolute ball ache. <laughs> it did take me an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I feel like it's paid off. No, I, I really enjoyed that, but I I, I I like the quiz element of it. To be honest, I, I'd happily have more of a quiz. Okay, I'll uh, I'll make sure that I bring um, some more quizzical elements to the table next time we do it. Let's get quizzical, quizzical. <laughs> there we go. Got a theme tune. Um, well, I think that's about physical. it. I think that's about it. I think that's everything exhausted now. Christ, it was there was a lot of stuff to talk about. I don't know whether we did it in a particularly good order, but um, hey, it's all right to bounce around once in a while, right? Yeah, absolutely fine to have a bounce around, uh, and if you're Bouncing around with someone, please wear protection. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Um, I did, I did uh, think to myself a minute ago that um, even though we played the clip from um, from Matt Buck, uh, who, as we said, was the promoter for the Guildford show that we played, I almost said Guildhall, bloody, that would have been great. Um, it is also worth mentioning that he's got a new podcast called Emo Dad, which you can find on Spotify. Uh, him and his friend James uh, are going through some songs that they enjoy. And the first episode is pretty much teeing you up for what you can expect. And what's it called? The Shape of Podcast to Come, isn't it? That's the name of the episode. That's the um, name of the episode, Jim. So, yeah, go and if you, if you, if you like... If you like mates talking about music, which uh, if you've got this far in terms of our podcast, then probably it's a safe bet that you do. Then, yeah, go and check out their show as well, because Matt's um, been very supportive of everything that we've been doing in the last few years. And I think we're going to have Matt on it as a guest at some point in the Definitely. And perhaps James, even though it's not some, he's not somebody I know, but I was very impressed by his, uh, his radio voice. It's very good, his delivery. Yeah. Yeah, but really enjoyable. But yeah, um, obviously, because we weren't the only gig Matt put on at the boiler room. That would be strange. Um, <laughs> that would be very odd. Just, just just put us on. That was it. Called it a day and somehow reconvened with us 11 years later. <laughs> <laughs> a, bit, a bit concerning, if I'm honest, if I'm honest with you. But, but yeah, they've got a cool element with the Spotify. They can actually play full tracks so that's it, it's a cool little thing so you know we're, we're sorry we don't do that no but if you do <laughs> want to listen to some of the songs that we've been talking about then do make sure that you go and check out our spotify playlist the traditional format yeah. uh, called ed and liam's infinite playlist and you can always find that in the show notes below uh, other than that ed where can people find you uh at run with ed if you please Thank you. And I'm at Liam Toms. I've already said this on this episode. So, yeah. Say it again. Say it again, mate. Uh, you introduced yourself twice. <laughs> <laughs> at Liam Toms and liamtoms.com. Uh, and the podcast you can find across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. Uh, we're all over the place, aren't we? Yeah. Can I, can I just say, I, I really didn't enjoy the last episode, but tonight has been really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little Easter egg if if he has listened because obviously I caught him out, didn't I? Where he wasn't quite up to date with the podcast about the NerfX book. Who oh Tom. So uh 
me saying I didn't enjoy this. We'll see if he comes back and yeah. uh, has listened this far into this episode. If that, if any of you have listened this far, well done, well done. He was showing uh, off as well with that Haley Williams story. Oh yes, I I wouldn't like to say I took her to dinner, but uh, well, you know. Oh, I did, I did buy her a few whiskeys and um, uh, a shepherd's pie, no less. <laughs> no, genuinely, that was I think that was one of my favourite stories we've had on the podcast. Oh, yeah, but he's got bloody. So Thomas has got 101 of those stories. He's definitely someone we will have back on. He's a dark so, horse. Uh, he's a dark horse because he's not He's not played in a band. I think he may have like sort of, uh, you know. He played bass. Yeah, he did. He did, he did. So I think he, he may have been in a band, but I don't think he ever really played shows. So his his side of things has obviously been more on the um, the sort of managerial promotions, that, that side and of I, things. And, I, and actually, because we've been posting photos of Canada Water at uh, a few of the venues from the tour that we discussed. Maybe we'll drop a few of the photos that he's taken. Yeah, definitely um, the uh, Katy Perry and Pixie Lot ones. They're, they're some of my favourites. And the Saturdays, they, they were very good. Uh, yeah, it's funny that you asked for private, sort of, um, white clean uh, versions. Oh, of them, no. Come on. Come <laughs> for on. the tears, the tears of joy, the tears of joy. These are all artists but, that um, I, I like. Because obviously he, he was... He, took photos at Warp Tour. There's some great ones of, like, Rise Against and mm-hmm. Tom DeLonge. Um, fair play to him. He, he's a why are we singing his praises? He's not going to listen. We've proved that already. Well, anyway, if, you know, I, I, anyway, I've, to reiterate, I have actually really enjoyed this episode. That was a, that was a fun episode. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to these anyway. So if you look forward to hearing them, let us know if you've got a topic that you'd like us to cover. We have covered stuff in the past that people have mentioned. Maybe you could do this. Maybe you could do that. We always try and take any feedback. So you can always get uh, in touch with us at Two Track Mind Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Have you done this? Yeah, I've done it. Oh, sorry. For some sorry. reason, I I was too busy worrying about you, you maybe look. introducing introducing yourself for a third time. And I, was, I think I zoned out. You know. <laughs> Hey, look, we've done, as I said, we've done well. We've had some very slick episodes recently. So, um, yeah. I think this has been slick. This, this, is, uh, this is one for the, um, the old school, you know, the OGs, the, the, those that remember what open mics means. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're the open mic massive. So for anyone who did get those tattoos and you were like, oh, for fuck, oh, I'm going to have to get that covered up now. The, the, the fucking pricks have stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry get your tats out uh, and uh share some love lovely stuff see you all later right. bye for now <laughs>